This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Anyway, we've, we've been doing a, a, a series. We called it The Voice. It, it got its name from um, Psalms 118.15. And it said, The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. And, you know, we've, we've opened with a couple of clips I've had from The Voice. I actually like the, the, the voice. That's one of the reality shows I will actually watch occasionally. Actually, I don't watch it. I watch YouTube clips of it because it's a lot quicker. <laughs> and uh, and I, I liked it because the idea is, is that these blind auditions is you've got the four judges and they don't get the chance to see the person. They can only hear them. And so they hear the voice. And so I just thought, hey, we've started. I'll just show you some of my favorite clips. Now I'm going to show you one of my favorites. The surprise at that is at the end. So listen at the end. It's a couple minutes. Come on, kid. Ooh, oh, man. Close enough to start a war. All that I say, you always say more. to the voice. <laughs> Thank you. What's your name? Kennedy Holmes. I'm 13 years old and I'm from San Luis, Missouri. <laughs> what? Well, let me be the first to thank you for coming to The Voice because our ratings are going to shoot through the <laughs> okay. roof this season. Ever ask yourself, Lord, why couldn't it have been me? Why couldn't it? <laughs> 13 years old. Wasn't that a good clip? Good gracious. We'll probably hear from her again. That, that, that girl, she can't just sing, she can sing. <laughs> That's good. That uh, we've been talking about what comes out of you. And the voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. And uh, there should be a difference between the voice of the righteous and those away from God. 
And changing that voice is not automatic, it's a process. So let's talk a little bit about that tonight. Let's pray first. Father, we thank you for this time. And we thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your blessings on us. We ask you tonight that you would give me words that have clarity, that have a, a, an anointing to them, words that make a difference. And Father, we just have hearts to hear, to receive from you, because you're changing us for the better. And we give you all the praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been talking about some of the voices, and, and I, won't, I won't take time to recap all of it. But the idea is, is that what comes out of us in our lives should be different than, say, someone who doesn't have a relationship with God. Now, obviously, we're not saying that from the standpoint of looking down on someone else. What we're saying is once we have a relationship, things should begin to change. And Paul was writing to, uh, of course, the psalmist wrote this, but Paul wrote to the Ephesian church. I talked about them last week. Ephesus was a major city, a leading city. It was a dark city. A lot of people practiced uh, witchcraft and, and the dark arts and magic. It was a very, um, they had temple priests. They had big, huge temple to Athena, Diana. And um, it was, they had just thousands of temple priestesses, a lot of sexual immorality. It's just a dark city. And so when Paul begins to write to the, the Ephesians, he's writing initially and and. And in the, in the gospels, or, or in the, excuse me, in the epistles, the letters to the churches, you'll notice that there's a pattern. And when Paul writes especially, he will talk about what God has done, how he's changed us. And if you read the first chap, three chapters of, of Ephesians, it's an outstanding book. But he talks about that we're accepted in the beloved. He talks about how we're redeemed and forgiven. God's grace, that we're saved by grace that we have an inheritance. He talks about all these wonderful things in our lives that Jesus has done for us. So I think it's great that he starts with, hey, we're not the same. There's been a change. You didn't get religion. God did something in you. And it's a spiritual change. And that's powerful. You, it's always good to start there. Religion seems to start on the action side saying, this is where I'm going to get to. That's not how God did it. God's grace said, I have changed you. Now your actions can change. See the difference? We're not trying to work our way there because we have been changed. It's working something in us. So as Paul is writing, he writes to the group at Ephesus and he says something very interesting. He says in Ephesians 4, 17, he said, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility or the uselessness of their minds. So he's talking to them. He said, look, he said, he's writing to people. Now listen, he is writing to people who do not have a moral compass. I mean, they grew up with, with pretty much anything goes. You know, mama practiced witchcraft. Daddy was into, into putting curses and spells on people. Sister was a temple priestess and, and uh, all, the, all the junk that's in there. So that's the kind of family they came out of. It's not like he's right. This is typically written to people who do not have a Jewish background. So remember, the Jewish had the Ten Commandments. They had moral law. They had moral compasses. He's writing to people who've been worshiping all these foreign gods, and they're coming, man, they are coming out of some lifestyles. Some of you can relate to them. Some of you might have come out of the same lifestyles. 
I was, I, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful. I was raised in a home with two parents that loved the Lord and took me to church because it made a difference when I came to the Lord myself, I already had a sense of what to do and some things to stop doing. Does that make sense? I knew to stop smoking pot. And you say, well, Alan, do you have to say that? Listen, if you come from a background where all you did, you know, all your life and mom and daddy smoked dope and everybody smoked dope, you just think, what we do? You know, well, I could really meddle here, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to leave it alone. Um, I had a background, but Paul's writing to these people with no background. So he said, hey, look, he said, you don't need to walk as the rest of the Gentiles. Gentiles means people without God. So he's writing to the church. This is written to believers. He said, don't, he said, don't walk that way. Don't live that way. And then Paul is gracious enough to begin to tell us how to do that. So I say Paul, I said, actually the Holy Spirit through Paul is beginning to write. So he begins to talk about this, and we talked a little bit about this last week. Ephesians 4, 21, 21 through 24. Indeed, if you have heard him, Jesus, and been taught by him, Jesus, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, who is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So we talk, we're talking about learning a new voice, and there's a process of putting off the old, putting on the new. Now, process is putting away former conduct, and that we're putting off the old because that's no longer who we are. So he's writing to them. He's going, hey, all this, God's done all this stuff in you. He said, so don't keep living the way you used to live. He said, you can change this. Keeping in mind, we're changed people. We're already, God's already done something great in us. So we're, we're, we're changed people. He said, so you need to put off some things. And then, so he gives us the step. Stop doing some stuff. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man. Now, here's, here's, a, here's a, the catalyst is, okay, I'm, I'm going to stop doing some stuff. I'm going to stop doing some of the things I was doing. He kind of gives a list. I'm going to stop doing some of those things. I, I'm going to begin to change the way I think, my attitudes and my beliefs, my values, and I'm going to begin to put on the new man. Let me give you an idea of that. I'm going to give you something that I, I was thinking about, and I think a lot of us have dealt with. One of the things that, that we deal with a lot is what I would call being feelings-driven versus being action-driven. And when I say feelings-driven, and I, I want to make sure I, I, I clarify this. Have you ever noticed how much we talk about feelings? It, it's, boy, it's, it's, it's key. People say, well, you go talk to somebody like, well, how do you feel about that? Well, we tell them how we feel. And we talk about feelings so much that the challenge is sometimes if you're not careful, you can elevate feelings to the highest level of truth. And I will tell you, I will tell you feelings are not the highest level of truth. The, here's, here's, here's some good news. You don't have to act how you feel. Now we say that. And it's, we all understand it to a certain place. I mean, you know, sometimes if you You've known people and maybe neighbors, not you certainly, but other people 
who are real sweet and kind at work, by the time they get home, they are chewing everybody's head off. Like I said, I'm talking to people who aren't here. <laughs> but it's, it's, and then when you, when you get home, you hear people say, well, you know, I'm just, I'm just real. I'm just, I got to be real. And, and so we've been trained to think that our feelings are, if, if we're acting against our feelings, that we're not being real. For example, some of you might work for somebody who is difficult to work with. No testimonies, just stare straight ahead. <laughs> they walk in and they go, hey, listen, I didn't like the way you did this last project. I need this other project done. I'm going to need it by next week, and I need that you to get this thing done. You go, well, I, I had plans this weekend. Well, whatever your plans were for the weekend, change it, because I need this project done, and make sure it's right. They storm out. Now, you feel. <laughs> you feel like telling them, I'm a... <laughs> oh, really? Well, I got something for you. I... But then you think, I need this job. <laughs> My kids do better when they eat every day, not every other day. <laughs> and how many of you know that you can actually go against your feelings and smile and go, okay. Now, here's, here's the thing. We've been taught that if I act against how I feel, I'm a hypocrite. Anyone ever taught that? I'm a hypocrite. If I, if I feel like telling you you're a sorry dog, that's what I'm going to do. You're a sorry dog. And if I say something else, I'm being hypocritical. But what if, what if we just took it, we, we renewed our minds to the idea that we've been changed and we're different people and we may have feelings rise up, but we're new creations in Christ and we're kind. And so you might feel like telling someone off, but instead you go, hey, appreciate you, love you. And so, so, well, that's not right. That's being hypocritical. Not if we're act. listen, if I'm acting against my feelings because God has has ordained that and has asked me to, then that's not being hypocritical. That's being obedient. And a lot of times we feel hypocritical because we feel like telling someone they're an idiot. But because we need something from them, we smile and say, oh, hi, you look great today. <laughs> because I, I, need, I need this job and I, I need to keep my job so I'm, I'm going to tell you something and, and so on the inside we're going that's not how I feel that's not how I feel that's not how, but, but wait but wait what if I'll, just, I'll use husband and wife Joy, Joy and I Joy went to, uh, went to Dallas my daughter moved from Oklahoma to Texas I got them all under one state just that much closer to home. <laughs> she went up there to see Christina. And uh, she's like, well, I want to leave at a certain time. And, and, and she's, I'm getting stuff in the car for her. I'm doing, and she's dawdling. 
And I'm kind of like, my thing is, if, if, if we're going to say we're going to go at 7.30, you're going to go at 7.30. Let's go, we're going to go at 7.30. And she's dawdling. And you and I felt like doing? I felt like going, come on, Joy, seriously, what are you doing? That's what I felt like doing. <laughs> you and I said, Nothing. She just dolled away and I just smiled. I said, you got all your stuff? She said, yeah. Bye. Kissed her goodbye. We prayed. Kissed her goodbye. Left. Now, how many of you know I could have launched something right there? Like, come on. Seriously? Seriously. Couldn't you have not done this last night? Why are we doing it now? Why now when we could have done it last night? Why? I know none of you ever done this. I'm kind of giving you a, a hypothetical situation that could have happened. <laughs> but, but how many of you know, sometimes you can feel that, but you and I, I didn't do, I, I didn't, because you know what? I've been reading what I'm supposed to preach tonight. And I read that the, the new man is supposed to be kind. I'm like, great. Couldn't have been another day beside a Wednesday when I have to go preach this. This is great. So I have to be kind. So I said nothing. You know what? She left. Everything was good and it made a difference, but I didn't do it because I wanted something from her. I did it because the Lord said, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. So I went against how I felt. Now, was that being a hypocrite? No. It's actually called being spiritual. Seriously. That's called being spiritual. Listen, being spirit, we've, we've sold being spiritual. We have sold it down the river. Spiritual are people like, they're kind of like. <laughs> spiritual people, they get this look in their eye and they're like, I have something to share with you. <laughs> no, you don't. Because that's not spiritual. That's weird. <laughs> and no one likes weird being spiritual sometimes is just going I'm, I'm serious if you listen to me right there I just gave you a marriage seminar right there right there <laughs> it's, that's for real that is for real but the, but the mentality is, I have to act how I feel. If I act against how I feel, I'm being a hypocrite. No, I'm not being a hypocrite. If I'm doing it because I'm an obedience to God, that I'm being spiritual and I'm being obedient. And so, and what I'm really doing is, I'm putting off the old man and I'm putting on the new. That's what I did this morning. I wanted to gripe at joy. I didn't. I just, because the old Alan, very mouthy. <laughs> Very mouthy. Nah, 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 nah. The new Alan. The old Alan, always in trouble. The new Alan, much more peace in the home. Is that something God did? Nope. That's something Alan did. Alan puts off the old and puts on the new. If God was doing it for us, we'd all have been a lot nicer to live with. If you're waiting for God to do it, stop. 
Just go ahead and do it yourself. Because Paul said, put off the old man, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. What do I have to do? I'm having to renew my mind that I don't have to act like I feel. I don't have to say everything that comes to mind. <laughs> you know, it's bad enough that we got you all hemmed in, we got you all close together. It's like, gosh, goodness, Alan, can you stop meddling tonight? No, no, I got, I got you close. We're just going to go ahead and meddle. No, it's putting off the old, putting on the new. But look, look what it said. Putting on the new man that was created. And I like that. Created after God in true righteousness and holiness. One of the things that, that we'll talk about in upcoming sessions on this is talking about one of the things that helps us is if we begin to say about ourselves what God does. If we begin to say about ourselves, thank God I'm a new creation. Thank God God has changed me. Thank God I've been created. I mean, if you ever actually said, thank you, Lord, I've been created after you in true righteousness and holiness. Typically not. But the more we have an understanding of what God has done for us, and if we can begin to get that in our mouths, it'll make a difference. We begin to say, Lord, thank you. I want to thank you. I am accepted in you. I want to thank you that you have redeemed me from every negative, dark thing that the enemy could ever throw my way. I am forgiven. I have been washed. I've been created after you. I am a new creation. The old Alan has died. The new Alan has come. I am so grateful for what you have done for me because of Jesus. And what that does is it begins to give us a, a push towards, hey, hey, we've changed. Now listen, this is a process that doesn't happen overnight, but it can happen. So we're putting off the old, putting on the new. And then here, here's a great question. How do the righteous act and talk? So Paul, remember, so Paul said, put off the old man. No, no, old man. put off the old man. Be renewed in your mind, put on the new man. And then he gives them some, remember, he's talking to these Ephesian Christians who have no basis for what does that even look like? So he gives them a, a great little list here. He said, list in Ephesians 4, 25, 32, therefore putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor for we're members of one another. Be angry. Don't sin. Don't let the sun go down in your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands. What is good that he may have something to give to him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. What a great list. Put off the old, be renewed in your thinking, in your mind. And by the way, that's not just short-term memory that's, that's, when I was in college, I, I memorized stuff only to get it on a test. I, if I went back and took some of those college courses that I had, I could not, I flunked them so bad because I, I remember them only for just short term so I could spit it out on the test. He's talking about renewing the mind is we're taking not just knowledge, but we're taking knowledge and we're beginning to think about it and put it into our lives so that it's not just short term, it's in us begins to change the way we think. Many of you know this because the way you think and the, your values and your attitudes now are so different than they used to be. And that is the process. That is time. So we're constantly renewing our mind. So we're putting off the old, put, we're renewing our mind. We're putting on the new. And here's some of the things. He said, 
He said, here are some of the actions. He gives actions and words. Actions. Angry without sinning. You can get, see, right there. Was I irritated this morning? Yes. Did I sin? No. Did Joy even know I was irritated? No. I'm getting better at that. <laughs> she looked at my face and I just looked serene. On the inside, I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go. On the outside, I'm like, I like peace in the home. Angry without sinning. Oh, and don't hold on to anger. Anger's, anger doesn't keep well. Anger's not like wine that gets better with age. Anger gets worse with age. So he said, get rid of it. He said, don't give Satan a foothold. Uh, stop stealing. Isn't that, isn't that great? There's a little seminar, church seminar on stop stealing. <laughs> y'all, y'all need to, he's right in the church. Y'all, the, the God used, who used to stole, stop. Stop stealing. That, but here's a, here's a different thought. Work so you can have something to give. That's a different thought. Work so you have something. Um, no stinky attitudes. Bitterness. Wrath, anger, and malice. So get rid of that. Bitterness. Ever been around someone who's bitter? You can feel it come in the room. Or they open their mouth and you're like, <sighs> bitterness. Mm. But I've said bitterness. I'm going to tell you something about bitterness. Often we get bitter because of something people have done to us. But if we don't deal with it, then what they've done to us just keeps on going. And our ability to go, Lord, forgive them. And let me, why? That's helping me more than it's helping them. Because bitterness just, man, it ruins stuff. It ruins relationships. It ruins, you're bitter, you're not fun to be around. Bitterness, so no stinky attitudes. And then here's the other action. Be kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving. You know, many relationships could be fixed and improved with that one verse. Kind, tenderhearted. You know, it, it, the joy has, has, has talked to me, like I said, mouthy. I've been, I've been mouthy. And uh, she would tell me, she said, she said, Alan, she said, it's your tone. Now I'll just tell them, Alan, I know none of you ever have this challenge. She said, it's your tone. She said, sometimes you can say something, but your tone has such a bite to it. And if you can take that, that tone out, it makes a difference. Because you know, we don't realize, you know, some people grew up with harsh tones and harsh environments. And so if you can put some kindness in your tone, it makes a huge difference. Kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving. You know, we can actually be kind without feeling kind. And because we're obeying God, the feelings will follow. And we forgive because we've been forgiven. Or if there's something that just wrecks relationships and wrecks lives, it's holding on to unforgiveness. I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I will get a little wrapped around the axle by what somebody's doing. And I'm just, I'm kind of fuming about it. And, and, then, I, I, and then the thought will come, have I ever done that? 
Have I ever done it to the Lord? And when I put it from that perspective, it makes me a lot more merciful with people. So then what happens is I don't have to hang on to every hurt that comes my way. And it's, it's something we all do. Listen, you say, well, Alan, you work at a church. <coughs> you, like, you go to, to work in a glory cloud every day. <laughs> no, I, I, think sometimes, I think sometimes hurts in church can hurt more because, one, you're not expecting it. You, you work in an environment with a bunch of people who just care less about God and cuss his name every day. You just go in with your guard up. You work in a church environment, oftentimes, you know, the guard's down. We're not expecting things difficult. But the beautiful thing about it is, guys, listen, if you've been hurt, if you've been, had difficult things, you don't have to hold on to it. You can tell the Lord, Lord, I forgive them. Help heal me. Because when it's all said and done, I'm going to stand before you. And I won't have to give account for them. I have to give an account for me. And so, boy, these things right here, if I can save you some time, if you could just begin to, if you begin to practice being kind, it'll make a difference. Just say practice it. That's not real. Yes, it is. If I'm practicing, because you know what? If I practice, I get better. How many golfers do we have in here? Are you a golfer? How many of you golfers know very few people have a natural swing? Most people have to be taught. And when you're trying to teach someone a golf swing, they wind up looking really stupid. And boy, you, you man, you, you, I'm not a golfer. I tried for a little bit and I, I found another sport. <laughs> Man, I, I, I look so bad, you know, I, you know, trying to tee it up and can't get it past the women's tee box. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, but I, I know someone, John Fernandez. Y'all know John? Smiling John. Smiling John Fernandez and I, we started playing golf at the same time. When he, when he started, he was bad too. But John stayed with it. And 20 years later, John's got like a four handicap. Brother can golf. Because he practiced. Because he didn't start good. He got good. So here's, here's the news. Well, I'm just a rough, tough individual. That's just the way I am. But you can put off the old, renew your mind, and put on the new. And, and here's, and, you, and listen. Not because you're trying to manipulate, not you're trying to change anybody. It's because you do it as unto the Lord. Lord, you've changed me. I'm a changed person. I'm going to start acting like it. I'm going to be kind. Just practice it. Just try it. It's fun. You will love the responses you get. It might freak some people out initially, but you will love the responses that you get. Aren't you glad that God is merciful to us, that he helps us, that he lets us practice and change. And this is a process, but it's a good one. If I encourage you to, 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 to just pay attention, go back and read these verses. If you have an opportunity, read the first few chapters of Ephesians and you begin to see about all the wonderful things God's done. And then when you get to that fourth chapter, you begin to realize, gosh, you've done some great things in me. Guys, we didn't get religion. We got changed. And changed people change. 
Bow your heads, please. I came this evening and said, honestly in your heart, you said, you know, I really don't know where I stand with the Lord, but I, I want to have a relationship with him. Or maybe you're here this evening and you say, I used to have a relationship with the Lord and I've, I've, gone, I've gone so far away from him, but I don't want to stay there. I, I want to come back. We're going to pray. I'm not going to ask you to stand up or come to the front, but we're going to give you an opportunity to, to say a prayer, a powerful prayer that can connect you or reconnect you to him. And uh, it, it, oh, listen, it, it'll be one of the decisions you never, ever regret in life. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed and nobody's looking around. But if you're the one of the ones I'm talking to, you say, Alan, I, I want a relationship with the Lord. I, I know in my heart I need to come back to him. Would you pray for me? And you're not embarrassed of that. Would you, would you slip your hand up and say, that's me? Would you pray for me? Thank you. Thank you for your courage. Appreciate that. Thank you for your humility. Thank you. Great. Wonderful. Put your hands down. We're going to pray. Maybe, maybe if you didn't lift your hand and you think you missed your opportunity, you honestly did not. It's good to acknowledge it, but it's also good to pray right from the heart. We're going to pray with you as a church family. We're going to pray it out loud. You pray it so you can hear yourself pray it as well. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ. Because I've said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. And Father, thank you for all of us. You're merciful. Your Holy Spirit helps us. Thank you, Father. We can practice putting off the old, putting on the new, that you might be glorified in our lives. Give you all the praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.